You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. So today, we're going to talk about how to preach the gospel in every generation or how to make disciples generationally. I believe if the gospel is of importance and value to us, it should be preached not just in our lifetime, but also generationally. But if we're going to do this, we have to build relationships in multi-generational level. Because if we're going to only preach this in our generation, then there's no way we can see permeate the gospel in a different lifetime after us. And talking about uh, generations and, and next generation, I have the privilege of doing campus ministry here in Sydney, Australia for almost five years now. And I have many conversations about uh, God's existence, specifically with atheist students trying to disprove the idea of, of God. And, and one of those, uh, there, was this, there was this student who trying to uh, challenge this professor and, and, and he has a problem about how can a loving God send people to hell? And he framed this question like a trap trip question and says, So, professor, if I don't believe in God, do you think God would send me to hell? You can really see it's a trick or a trap question. But then this professor, knowing where this question is coming from, answered back uh, with wisdom and said, Well, God will not force you to go to heaven if you don't want to go there. And to that reply, the students couldn't believe what he heard. And I believe that is so true. You see, God will not force us to do something that is against our will. We can choose our lifestyle. We can choose the narratives, how we want to live our life. But there's no way we can choose the consequences or the outcomes of the decisions we're going to make in life. And what is true for that uh, student atheist, what is true to our personal life, I also believe that is true for us uh, preaching the gospel generationally. If we just pay a lip service to this, yes, we can do this, or we can overlook uh, preaching generationally uh, the gospel, we can just half-heartedly doing this, but there's no way we can choose the consequences or the outcomes of this. Because if we just half-heartedly do this, if we don't pay attention to preaching the gospel multi-generationally, then let's not be surprised if we have uh, a culture in which we legalize abortion, in which it's all happening now around the world. Uh, let's not be surprised if we will find a third or fourth bathroom in our schools, not just uh, for boys and girls, if we still uh, you know, not convinced that preaching the gospel multi-generationally is the way to go. Let's not be surprised if, uh, if we think uh, morality can solve the, the problems around the world because only the gospel that is preached generationally can actually impact change. And you don't have to go far. In fact, if you see the news around now, from global hunger to racism that's happening right now to world wars, at the heart of it is a gospel problem. No matter political reform you can do, it's always go back to heart problem. And the heart problem is a gospel problem. And every heart problem, there's a gospel solution we can do. And if we want to solve this, we cannot just solve this in this lifetime. We have to think generationally. And if we're going to think generationally, we have to preach the gospel generationally.
So how do we make disciples generationally? How do we preach the gospel multi-generationally? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that's what we're going to talk about. I want to read in Matthew 20, uh, chapter 28, starting verse 18 to 20, as we frame this message for all of us today. And I know you're all familiar with this, and I'm reading from English Standard Version, if you're following uh, that version with me. It says here, starting in verse 20, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Before we preach the gospel multi-generationally, let's settle one thing, the authority of Jesus. The reason we do this, the reason we can do this, the reason the urgency we have to do this, and we have to pay attention to this, is because the authority of Jesus. We do this because of the authority of Jesus. If all authority is with Jesus, then the world, the culture, the society has no authority in the lives of the people. So if the authority of Jesus is all His, and this authority was given to us, Therefore, we have the confidence to see this happening in our lifetime and also after our lifetime. And because Jesus has all the authority, there's no way we're going to lose this battle. All we have to do is just go out there and preach the gospel and be faithful to it. So now that it's settled, let's go back. So how do we preach the gospel generationally? Or how do we make disciples multi-generationally? In verse 19, we will find the answer. It says here, Go, therefore, and make disciples. So after the authority of Jesus being established, Jesus said, Go. Okay? Go and make disciples of all nations. When Jesus was talking about going to the nations, He wasn't talking about, I think, geographical location. I think He's talking about more on demographical structure, meaning age, sex, race, marital status, social status, or education. It means all types of people in the demographic scale. And, and, and that's what I believe is about, you know, preaching the gospel to the multi-generation. You can't go to the nations and just preach the gospel in one generation. It has to be multi-generation. But in more context, I want to talk about is the word go. Because if we're going to preach the gospel, the answer is right there. It says there, go, go. So what does it mean to go? First is, if we're going to preach the gospel generationally, go means embracing the risk. Like, yeah, that's what I said. Go means embracing the risk. You see, the disciples were risking everything. When Jesus commanded them to go out there and reach different people and reach multi-generational type of people, they're going to risk everything. You have to remember, uh, these disciples were accused of, of forming a cult. So they are considered enemy of the temple or the church during those days. And also, since the government was the one responsible crucifying Jesus and the one who persecuted Jesus, then they're also considered the enemy of the state. So talking about risk of going and preaching the gospel, 
talking about living a convenient life, talking about living a, a comfortable life and embracing risk and inconvenience and uncomfortable life. But that's what it takes to preach the gospel multi-generationally. That's what it takes to go to different types of people. You have to embrace risk. So if you're here and if you're a young person, risk would probably mean letting go of parties sometimes and go out there and and build some relationships with people that you ought to share the gospel. Risk or inconvenience could be no more late night hangout and because you have to conserve your energy so that you can spend time with the people you're trying to share the gospel. Or it could be risk of building relationship with someone that you're not comfortable having a relationship with or it's a relationally challenging conversation you have. It could be building a relationship to someone that's younger than you or it could be uh, risking uh, building a relationship with someone that's older than you. And there's different types of risk for every type of person. So that's probably it. Or maybe for OGs here or the parents here or the present generation, you know, risk could be opening your house uh, and host these kids into your home so that they can hear the gospel through your life and, and through your testimonies. And it's inconvenient and sometimes it could cost you uh, resources, your time, but that's what it takes. That's the risk we have to embrace in order for us to preach multi preach the gospel multi-generationally it will involve going from a comfortable level or a comfort zone and going to a more inconvenient place in order for us to preach the gospel and you know i had uh, this friend of mine he is uh, 82 years old right now he was a, a national president of campus crusade for christ here in australia I met him uh, many years, uh, no, two years ago, and he was still on campus. He was eight years old back then. And I was so fascinated with his life. And I asked him, why are you doing this? You're supposed to be retired because you've been doing this for almost your entire life. And he said to me, well, when, I'm, I, mean, I get older, that's the only time I'm going to get retired. Of course, he was saying that, joking me, because he's already eight years old, but the inconvenience he has to embrace, the discomfort he has to embrace for his age to go to campus, to cope with students, just to have conversation, for him to share the gospel. Wow, that's something of, you know, really something that I'm, I'm really blown away. And when I look at his life, what he has to go through, the risk and the inconvenience he has to embrace, you know, just to preach the gospel, not just with the people of his age, but the people way younger than him. And I said, wow, this guy is committed. This guy, you know, takes the gospel seriously. And walking away from that conversation with him challenged me to, to, to rethink, wow, this is something I have to do. Not just as a work or a vocational calling, but really something I should be passionate about, something I should be consumed about. And for the disciples, there was an urgency for them to preach this gospel to nations or to different demographical structure of people simply because they saw their master walk with them alive and then all of a sudden he was crucified and, and after a few days they saw him alive. So imagine witnessing your recent master and telling you to go out there to make disciples. So really there's an urgency for them to do this. And I believe the miracle that these disciples saw 
that give them an urgency to preach the gospel to different people. I believe the same way for us, the urgency for us when we see this miracle happen in us and in, in this miracle that transforms us is the same urgency or the same energy that could be with us if we're going to preach the gospel uh, multi-generationally or in, in every generation. So there, go means embracing risk. Second is, go means living missional. Go means living missional. When Jesus commissioned the disciples to go, he was asking them to go beyond tradition and go for the mission. In fact, what Jesus was saying here, enough of the temple and let me scatter the temple so that more people can hear the gospel. Because during those days, for you to hear the word of God, you have to go to the temple, you have to sacrifice an animals, or you have to follow certain dietary laws for you to be accepted worthy or able to offer sacrifices and everything just to follow the, the laws of God. But Jesus said, okay, after uh, I, I rose from the dead, these traditions are all gone. And the temple now is you. And the temple now is not just secluded in one place. The temple is now scattered. The church is now scattered so that many more people will hear the gospel. So what go means for these disciples is going from the traditional way of knowing and hearing God, which is going to the temple, moving from traditional way, going to a missional living, living out their lives in front of these people, living the power of the Holy Spirit in front of these people so that the people who can interact with them can have the chance to hear the gospel. You see, I have nothing against tradition in its true sense. I believe the gathered church is God's idea and God's way of preaching the world. But if we all going to gather and not live a missional life, then what we're doing is just living a traditional life more than a missional life. Because the power of the church is not just in the gathering but also in the scattered way of, of living our life in a missional way. And, and that's what Jesus was calling the disciples. If you're going to go, you have to move from a traditional way of living. No more sacrifice, no more dietary laws, no more dress code. Just go. Mission, traditional to missional. You see, what we can't afford is a tradition that hijacks the mission of God. And that is sad. Sometimes the addition hinders the mission of God. What's important is we're obeying the mission of God more than the tradition. I remember while preparing for this message and doing some research, I realized that, did you know that electric guitars and, and drums were not accepted part of a worship team until the late 80s and the early 90s? So there's still this traditional hymn and contemporary way of worshiping God. And I don't know what's the logic behind that, but uh, I believe, you know, God loves all sorts of music as long as, you know, it honors Him. And there's no such thing as uh, best way of music of worshiping God because we need to live uh, more than a traditional way, but really in a missional way. Gone are the temples or done are the traditional way of doing things, but let's start living a missional life. And that's the heart of Jesus for these disciples. You know, he wasn't anti-gathering. Jesus wasn't anti-like that. 
He was just telling the disciples, it has to go beyond the temple. You have to go. You have to live a missional life. I understand that because sometimes it's really hard to live a missional life. And, and, and to go out there and live your life in front of people and be missional among them. But you know what? There's also one thing that is hard. And, and some people don't realize this. Okay, when you say it's hard to become missional, but you see what's more harder is when we see our kids starting to walk away from faith because we value our tradition more than the mission of God. When we see less people coming to faith because our tradition is a stumbling and hindering, a block for them, then that's more harder to see and to accept than changing our tradition and living a missional life. What is hard is uh, when, we, when the church is supposed to be the light and the salt, and we start to become a statue, a monument of the past glory, and we just collect dust. That is what is hard, and, and we don't want that. Uh, we want to be a living church. We want to be a church that, that is missional, alive, living around the community. And when we see churches like church building being converted to a pub, a gaming place, or a restaurant, and, and many of those churches are happening here in Sydney and all over Australia, that is a sad sight to see because this church has clearly started it right. You know, building these churches, gathering people, but become in love with, with gathering, forgetting about the mission, which is being scattered and being planted in the community and the rest of the world. Let's be missional. If we're going to preach the gospel generationally, it would take a missional living more than a traditional way of doing life for us to be effective. Go means living the traditional and going missional. And lastly, go means being spirit-led. Go means being spirit-led. You see, when Jesus commissioned the disciples to preach the gospel to all nations, which is to different types of people, which is to multi-generational type of people, he knew it's not going to be easy. Jesus knew it could be discouraging at times. That's why at the end of that scripture in Matthew 28, uh, I believe in verse 20, he says there, He will be with you. I will be with you to the very end of the age. When he commissioned the disciples to make disciples, he promised his presence to be with them. He promised, in fact, uh, when Jesus was about to ascend to heaven, uh, when he commanded uh, the disciples to make disciples, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew what the disciples are about to go through. It's going to be hard. It's going to be discouraging. And, 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 and that is true, isn't it? You know, when we take this gospel seriously, when we want to share the gospel multi-generationally, when we embrace risk, and when we live comfortable life, when we try to be missional more than being traditional, it's really hard. But you know what? Jesus said, I will be with you. Because I know it's going to be hard. My spirit's going to be with you because I know I don't want you to rely on yourself. I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's going to be difficult. But let my spirit guide you. Let me lead you by my spirit. And that is the encouragement for us. You know, when you hear messages like this and you're challenged or, or you're feeling bad because you're not doing enough, don't feel that. 
That's the lie of the enemy. When you hear messages like this, it's just only telling you to rely on the Holy Spirit. It's just reminding you that you've been doing Christianity all along on your own. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit in order for you to effective in doing this. And, 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 and yeah, that's how you're going to do it. Uh, being led by the Spirit. Go means not doing it on your own, but being led by the Spirit. And sometimes also, like what I said, preaching the, the gospel multi-generationally can be discouraging. And you, you prepare your hearts, you prepare your lesson, you raise your hand, say, I want to go and, and, and do this. And then all of a sudden, these people you're trying to reach out to are going to ditch you, are not going to reply to you, or worse, sometimes they're going to say bad things about you. And, and here you are, all you want to do is to love them and tell them about the hope that you have in, in Jesus Christ. It can be discouraging, right? But Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that, you know, you're going to be discouraged. You're going to encounter situations that may be beyond you. And, and Jesus is going to say and assuring you right now, that if you raise your hand to go out there and preach the gospel to different kinds of people, I know you're going to be discouraged, but let me assure you, my presence is going to be with you. And because my presence is with you, all that's all that matters. And even though a lot of people ditch you or a lot of people may never recognize the value you're trying to give to them, let me tell you something. My presence is with you and that is enough. You see, your value, our value is not based on how many people will preach the gospel. What, what matters is we responded in obedience. And what matters is we know our value is based on what Jesus said. So, so there. So go ahead. Just continue. You know, I know it can be discouraging. I remember one time I was uh, so encouraged um, during our um, all week. This is like a club day for us. And then I got so many students to sign up uh, to join our organization. The next day, I bought five boxes of pizza. And I was so encouraged, you know, I'm going to build a relationship with this guy and then hang out with them and then and, and eventually build trust and then preach the gospel. And I've, after buying these five boxes of pizza, lo and behold, I messaged all of them, you know, I said, hey, we're going to hang out. And they're all confirmed and everything. And all of a sudden, one by one, they started backing out. And no one arrived. And I was so angry at myself. And I was so discouraged. I just uh, gave out those pizza boxes to any student that's just going to pass by. Who are just maybe wondering why am I giving this pizza to them. And that's alright. Because sometimes it's not just about the effort that you put. It's really this Holy Spirit leaving you. What imp- what's important is, you know, you obeyed. In obedience, you recognize the Spirit. Let the outcome be led by the Spirit. Give the outcome to the Holy Spirit. What's important is you obey. What's important is you being led by the Holy Spirit. And as I close this uh, message today, you know, I realized uh, one time I was walking on campus in the University of Sydney. Most of the students are freshmen, and that's mostly I engage and share the gospel and there was this 18 18 year old student trying to engage in conversation with him and don't know how the conversation went but it came to a point that uh, we asked each other's age and he said he was 18 years old and i was like 38 
And, and I realized, oh man, I'm 20 years older than this guy. I am old. You know, I am old to do this. I realized, man, I'm old, you know. I, I don't know if I still want to do this. You know, the, the, gen, the generational gap, the, just the wavelength of conversation. But you know what? I realized left to myself, I probably would walk away from that conversation. I probably would stop and probably feel sorry and feel bad about myself that being able to be more effective now and connecting to the students because obviously I'm a 30-year-old guy trying to converse to an 18-year-old kid. And, and then I realized, hey, you're not doing this on your own. You're doing this being led by the Spirit. If you are being led by the Spirit, you can have this conversation day in, day out because you're not relying on yourself but relying on God. And that's how it means, what it means to go. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. So I hope you guys are encouraged by that because if we're going to preach the gospel multi-generationally, if we're going to make disciples multi-generationally, we have to go. Go means embracing the risk. Go means being missional or living missional. And go means being led by the Spirit. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.